0: Get comfortable with ambiguity and with not having all the information. Develop the skills and confidence to lead in a different way.
1: Welcome to Out of the Comfort Zone. I'm Wanda Wallace, and today we're going to be talking about planning your career. Now, I'm often asked if the most successful people actually plan their careers, and I find, in fact, that senior people usually have a sense of where they want their careers to go, but they do not have a lockstep plan with no deviations. It's much more a matter of taking opportunities as they arise and shifting if their interests sort of shift along the way. Now, that said, if you don't have a clue, though, where you want to go, then anything goes, and your career can often end up looking like a hodgepodge of roles that doesn't build to the kind of experiences you would like to have, ultimately, later in your career. And that's what we want to talk about. How do you have a sense of what your career should look like, what the plan should look like, what your purpose should look like or mission? Now, the younger generation seems intent on not just getting a job, but on doing something that has meaning and purpose. That frustrates some others, and others of us find that we think that's a good process. However, they're often lost on how do you begin to think about what I'm going to do for a living that's going to give me a sense of meaning. I often also, when I'm coaching with people, hear someone say, quote, I don't want to do this job or work here forever. I want to do something else that has a sense of purpose, end quote. Well, if that's you, you're wondering how am I going to get started on my career track or how do I have a sense of meaning in my work that I'm doing, we have the answer for you today. And we're going to talk about how to define your mission, your purpose, how to build a career strategy around that mission, and how to create and execute a plan. So with me today is Steve Miller. Steve is the creator of the Implicit Career Search. Which is a career decision making and development approach based on Joseph Campbell's hero's journey motif. We'll explain that shortly. Steve has personally helped over 3,000 people develop careers based on what they see as their unique contribution to the world. He's certified over 150 practitioners to deliver this program, and he's authored two books Profoundly Simple Career Planning and We Work. Steve is a Master Licensed Human Element Practitioner and a Practitioner of Human Behavior in Organizations. He runs seminars with Fortune 100 companies on team building, conflict resolution, cultural alignment, and a host of other topics. And if that isn't small enough, big enough, Steve is now involved in development of a five-star wellness center at the Brentwood Bay Resort Wellness Center in Victoria, British Columbia. So, Steve, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you, Wanda. Thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about the Implicit Career Search.
1: I'm delighted because I can't tell you how many people I see who need some help, some some thinking around how do I begin to go about defining my mission or purpose. Now, I know you use the word mission and I use the word purpose. So we're going to mix those up today, but I think we're talking about the same thing at the end of the day. So let's start at the top. Steve, you've been helping people define their mission and create strat- career strategies for years, so what is it that you really do with people?
2: Well, the first thing I, I say to people when I, when we're talking, if they're considering career exploration is, you know, whether they're deciding upon their first career or transitioning from a current one, my suggestion is always, no matter your current circumstances, first consider the contribution you're going to make with the career path you choose. So declare that contribution as your work purpose. Make it the source for all subsequent career decisions And you'll become successful. And best of all, you'll become successful on your own terms. So the implicit career search has been designed to not only help you determine what that purpose is, it then provides a map to develop that purpose into a very successful career plan. And what surprised me uh, over the last, just the last five or six years, is in saying that to the young people you mentioned about in, in that wonderful introduction there, it's They immediately become clients. (laughs) That is what they want. I would never have considered that a sales pitch uh, 15 years ago, but now that's all that the young people want to hear is like, help me define my purpose and help me figure out a way to make a living from that.
1: Yeah, I've heard you say that you often make this pitch to parents of the younger generation who are at home and on the couch and don't know where to get started. So just for the record, give us that pitch.
2: Uh, that's it. It's, it's just. It's just. I, I know that you have a unique contribution to make, and I also base my work on the assumption that, that you really want to make that that contribution, um, and, and and that's how we're going to work from from here on in, and um, and the concept of contribution, the concept of making a difference in the world, removes any any thoughts of oh I, I don't want to work hard or oh I, I don't want to put in any extra effort. That that's all gone by the wayside.
1: Okay. I love that. So you, and let me just be sure, I'm really clear on this for people who are frustrated with dealing with the younger generation at the work. When we help younger generation find their sense of purpose, this notion of working hard and putting in the hours and paying dues all goes by the wayside. Did I understand that correctly?
2: You understood it. And the emphasis has to be on helping people find helping the young people find their sense of work purpose. What we often mistakenly do as as wise adults is we give them their sense of work purpose. So we say, um, let me explain what your purpose is. <laughs> we think we're helping them out, but it doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah, so companies that are now trying to say, well, our purpose or our mission here is X, is not necessarily going to appeal to a younger generation because the younger generation has to turn that into their own statement.
2: Yeah, I'm working with with some very enlightened companies that that see the benefit in letting the the their staff um, decide upon their work purpose, and then seeing does does my work purpose align with the company's mission. And if it does, you've got a you've got a loyal, engaged employee. And if it doesn't, you've you've simply got an employee that that has a career plan to move on from your company, not not to quit that day, but to, but to move on and, and to another career. <sighs>
1: I know um, a lot of companies are focused, and some of the best advice I've seen, Lee Carraher in particular, about the millennial generation, is you want the millennials to have a relationship with you for their lifetime. That doesn't necessarily mean as employer they work for you, but you want them to say good things about you, to bring business back to you, to refer people to you, and so on. And I can imagine if you help somebody define their purpose and then see that it doesn't align and move on, that could be a loyal um consumer customer person in the world
2: that's, that's exactly what I'm seeing happening with the companies that I'm that I'm working with um, and that's a great way to put it those people are having relationships um, positive relationships with those companies for a lifetime whether they stay with them or not
1: okay. All right, so we've talked about the concept now, and you defined um, purpose or mission as understanding the contribution you want to make in the world, the difference that you want to make in the world, which sounds lovely. How do you go about doing that? What on earth does that look like?
2: Well, as you mentioned, it's based on, on Joseph Campbell's research that when he studied cultures all over the world, he he realized that every one of them used the heroic journey metaphor to help guide their youth to contribute to their culture. So, for most of time, work has not been viewed as something I do so that I can have things, which is kind of how we look at it since the Industrial Revolution. Work is usually looked at, and, and eternally has been looked at, as something I do in order to give to my community, not to get stuff. The getting stuff comes later. So the implicit career search consists of an inner journey to define our unique work purpose and an outer journey to deliver that purpose as a career.
1: Okay. All right, so for those people who are not particularly familiar with Joseph Campbell's hero um, journey – can you just give the like three or four or five bullets on what he said You already said that most people have defined his throughout history of humanity we've defined work as something you do to give to the community. But the whole notion of the hero journey is a little more complicated. Can you fill in a little detail there
2: yeah it's it's simply to um to, what the wise people in the tribes and the and the clans were telling their young people is that your work is to is to leave our community in order to bring something back to our community that's going to help the community survive. So that can be literal or metaphoric. So leaving the community with my clientele often means um, okay. stepping outside of the box that, 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 that our culture wants to put us into as far as as, far as how we define work. So it means getting rid of the the shoulds that we have in there and the things that we we think we want to be it, it, it It's a matter of defining who's the real me rather than the me, other people want me to be.
1: Okay. And I know from um a lot of Campbell's work as he looked at um, tales that we tell about people, mm-hmm. and all of those are about individuals leaving home and going on a quest of some form. We think about the Homeric tales as a classic, but there's a lot of them in folk tales. And they go on through a series of trials and tribulations, partly discovering who they are, and then return home, and rightly return home to bring something back to the community. So you just said that the whole notion current, moderate, for modern day for people is that I leave the community, and leaving the community means leaving the box, getting rid of my shoulds, the things that I think I'm supposed to be and find out who I really am. So how do you do that?
2: Well, I like to think of all my clients' stories as as myths that Joseph Campbell would tell. So I had a I had a young man attend the the 5-day workshop. You can take the implicit research in a 5-day or a 3-day workshop or through six sessions with a with a coach. But he took the 5-day workshop and He had survived a horrific childhood. He'd been shuffled from foster home to foster home, and he'd been abused in many of them. And he was very skeptical coming into this workshop as he'd been sent to many by the various government agencies he'd had to deal with in his his childhood and his youth. And like many skeptical people, I find he was also very bright. But his intelligence was covered by, uh, I'd call it, a severe and and very understandable lack of self-esteem. Mm-hmm. So he came into the workshop, but he became captivated by the tools that we were using to help him clarify his thoughts. The first phase of the implicit research journey is 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 clarification. How do I get clear on my thinking? Um, And what he was surprised about is that we were looking for him to find his thoughts. We were not putting thoughts and ideas into him. So this was a new experience for him. And things were going well the the first couple of days. And then he hit serious barrier when the, the time came to write a personal mission statement. This is a statement of the person I intend to be. And as we're going through the exercises, he realized that he was very, very self-conscious of his body. He would slouch in the, at, the, at, the, at the desk. He would hide, pull his cap down over his face, and he would cower. And all of this is very understandable given the, his past experiences. But it was once he moved, once he made the decision to move beyond this self consciousness um, while writing his personal mission statement that he was able to see his actual work purpose, so the difference between mission statement and work purpose is for me his mission statement is the person I intend to be and work purpose is the is the contribution that this person is going to make through their work so once he was able to get clear on the person he wanted to be, he realized that before all the abuse that happened to him, even as a young child, he'd always wanted to develop his body, get his body in incredible shape, and inspire others to do so. And he's now, he put a career plan together after that, and he's now a very successful fashion model. Sends me pictures of him modeling clothes from New York and, and Paris.
1: Wow. So this so, I get this sense, you know we do the clarification, which is not about you telling people what they should think, but people discovering what they do think. and staying tuned to both the physical side of that as well as the more emotional side I'm imagining. So, and this guy figures out in this process that he goes from he's trying to hide and slouch and cover himself and become invisible to realizing what he really wants to do is be in great physical shape, and phenomenally visible.
2: And, and what he realized is what a great number of clients, what happens to a great number of clients is that they remember their work purpose. So it's not my job to give them their work purpose. I think it's that's, the, that's why I use the word implicit. It's available, but probably not apparent. So it's there, but we've forgotten it with all the trials and tribulations of of surviving um childhood and adulthood. <clears throat>
1: okay. All right, so this clarification process. So the step 1 is clarifying, which is getting rid of all the clutter, I think you said, leaving the community, leaving the box that you're in behind mm-hmm. and having your own thoughts. And then the second part is this redefinition phase where you're writing the mission statement. And you said the mission statement is the person I intend to be. And the purpose statement is the contribution you intend to make.
2: Yeah, I just think it, it makes sense and it's helpful to understand who I am before I decide what I'm going to do.
1: Right. So you'll find a lot I of people am. do that the
2: other way around.
1: And then, what I'm going to do? You're right. I think that's one of the problems, and I think that's why so many people are missing any sense of purpose or mission, because you decide what you're going to do and then you try to figure out who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right, I get it. And now I get why it's a part of the heroic journey as well. All right, so we do clarification. We get rid of all the crazy thinking, and supposedly with some guidance, because I imagine this is pretty hard to do on your own. We write the mission statement where there's a definition, and then what comes after the definition phase?
2: And then we move into development. So from clarity to definition to development. And, and in development, we give people tools to select a career that that will that will deliver that that contribution so career comes from the Latin term it means vehicle so my career or my job is simply the vehicle that I use to deliver that, that that contribution and once people identify that career we give them steps to to move that career from from simply being a craftsperson to a manager to a leader to an expert to eventually being a creator in in the field that they they work in, and this this may involve, this may involve staying in the same career all the way through. It may involve changing careers. It may involve setting up your own business. It's, it's wide open where it goes from there.
1: So it can be can be absolutely anything. So can you give me one more example? Because I'm so intrigued by how people move through this sense of clarity and into purpose and a career. One last example before we take a break.
2: Sure. Um, I have a, an, there was a. <laughs> I love this story, too. There's a 65-year-old lady who attended the workshop a while ago. And for her 65th birthday, her family wanted to take her to Vegas um, for a holiday. And she said, well, thanks, but no, I'm going to take a career counseling course. (laughs) And she showed (laughs) up. You can imagine how that went over with the family.
1: I love it. Yeah.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So she showed up at the workshop, and you can imagine how charming and energetic she was to to come to something like this. At the end of the five days, she presented her 30-year career plan. 30-year career plan from a 65-year-old lady, complete with vision stages, implementation steps, and contingency plans. She, during that, again, that phase of definition, the mission statement, work purpose, place, she became clear that she had had worked in the old-fashioned industrial age model of just get a job and, and do what I can, which is completely understandable. That's what we've done for the last couple hundred years. But she wanted to spend the rest of her life making making a difference. And she became a um she became a a, a combination of a marriage counselor and I'm forgetting the term, the person that officially marries people. Um civic minister. Um yeah. so and, <laughs> and and that's what she's doing to this day.
1: Wow. 30 years. Back. I love it. I love They're it. Really 30 years. Fabulous. <laughs> Good for yeah. her. It's now I think it's of course we're going to continue to live. Why not live with a sense of purpose and, and contribution? I love it. Okay, exactly. we're going to take a break. Okay. With me today is Steve Miller. Steve is the creator of the Implicit Career Search which is a career decision-making and development approach that's based on Joseph Campbell's hero journey myth. And this career planning process really has three fundamental phases. One, clarity, shedding the box of what I should be and what I have done because I thought I had to definition of who I want to be as a person followed by the contribution that I want to make and then the development phase which is really then choosing the career or the vehicle that you're going to use to deliver your contribution. So when we come back we're going to delve into a little bit more about what this clarification process looks like and how you can go about doing this journey. We'll be right back.
3: When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it.
3: How is your business running it should be running smoothly with nary a hiccup like a finely tuned machine but if you're like most businesses yours may be running nowhere close to that Listen for Operationally Speaking with your host, Sergio Samel. Our program will help you to run your entrepreneurial business easier, better, with less frustration. And by running it well, you're sure to be poised for faster growth. Tune in every Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
0: You are listening to Out of the Comfort Zone.
1: With me today is Steve Miller. He's the creator of the Implicit Career Search, which is a career decision-making and development approach based on Joseph Campbell's hero journey motif. And he's helped over 3,000 clients develop careers based on what they see as their unique contribution to the world. Certified 150 practitioners and is the author of two books, Profoundly Simple Career Planning and We Work. Now, we were just talking about this whole notion of how you go about creating a career that has a sense of purpose and meaning and mission. There are three phases. The first phase is clarity, which is where you shed some of everybody else's thinking that's been given to you and shed the belief that you have to do something to earn a living. And focus in, or as Steve says, rediscover your own sense of who you are. Then becomes the um, definition, and the definition is around defining who I want to be and then defining what my contribution is going to be. And then finally, the last phase is the development process for creating the actual career from that, which where the career is the vehicle. Now, what I want to do right now is I'm really intrigued with this whole process of creating clarity. So how does this work? Um, What do people have to do first?
2: Well, first of all, we, there's a, as we discussed a little bit earlier, there's a difference between mission and purpose. In a personal mission statement, I get my clients to define what kind of person they want to be in the world in general, how they want to relate to family, friends, money, work, how they want to relate to themselves. This isn't about how many widgets we're going to produce in, in, in the job. This is, we help people get in touch with the very essence of, of, of who they are and to make decisions from there from from my core self.
1: Okay. All right. So just pause for that one for a minute. If what I'm trying to do is to define what kind of person I want to be in the world, meaning how I want to relate to the various aspects of my life, the essence of who I am. How do people discover that?
2: Well, that's that, that's what happens in the in the first section in the clarity session. So in the In the clarity sessions, we're we're removing um, rigidities and blocks that we've developed in our behaviors and feelings and self-concept, things that stop us from seeing the the, the core of of, of who we are. Sorry, I've just got a random fax that's come flying in through my machine here. It's not coming across on on the radio. (laughs) Destructions. Um,
1: Can you give me a concrete example about what you mean by removing rigidity?
2: So there was a there's a lady in the workshop and we did the um, the essence imagery and 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 we uh, an imagery around around connecting with the with the essence of who I am and and we asked people to remove the characteristics that they, that they have even the characteristics that they value in themselves is like let's peel away those characteristics and see what's left and usually what's left isn't very pleasant because we we identify with our characteristics in our culture. And what we're saying here is, what we're saying in the Implicit research is we're not our characteristics. And our characteristics may be wonderful, but we are not them. There is something stronger and more purposeful, but below the characteristics. So when this lady removed the characteristics in her imagery, um, what she saw was a harried mother trying to vacuum and and, and one kid hanging off her ankle and 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 she was stressed to the max and what what that indicated to her was that that is how she viewed herself no matter how many fancy uh characteristics and traits she put on top of that she still viewed herself as somebody that, that was that was a stressed individual so we went back to the imagery and asked her to to reconsider that and what happened was she still got the picture of of a of a of a of a mother with way too much to do and a lot of responsibility, but she was very calm. She, okay. she realized that by, by getting in touch with the essence of who, who she was, she could remain calm all, all through this process, and she could, from that place, she could make the decision on what kind of person do I want to be in the world.
1: Okay. All right. Fabulous. And people, I love that.
2: People from, yeah. people from there, yeah, from that part, people will then they often select a symbol to remind them of that part of themselves, to remind them of their essence. So people okay. will, will pick an animal or a picture or something that they can, they can draw upon when, when they're, when they're under stress or in conflict and they can, they can rem- just to remind themselves that they have that, that place. And remind themselves to come from essence rather than from react from personality. Okay. Okay.
1: All right. So we've got this discovery of the essence, and that helps us define the mission, who it is I really want to be and I can get this sense of, you know, I have an animal or an object that helps remind me what that is about. And I get that it's removing all the attributes I want the world to say about me, all the accolades I want us to have, down to what's really underneath all of that one. Okay, and then from there, how do you move to get um, a sense of purpose?
2: So now, now, now we're in the um, now we're in the outer journey phase. We're, we're moving from from going deep down to to coming out into the world. And um, both the mission statements and the work purpose statements—they're declarations of what I know of them now. This is so. It's this is what I am aware of my work purpose to this point. And in the workshops and the coaching sessions, we provide lots of exercises and explorations that help you uncover more of what is real for you in both those areas. And now it's time to add the characteristics and the values and to examine the beliefs. So we're constantly getting you to prioritize those areas um, to to define yourself. Okay.
1: All right. Um, So, and why is this whole self-discovery thing so important? So that inner journey, why is that important to you?
2: To me, it's important because because it, it only makes sense to me that um, each of us has something unique to contribute. Um, we each have a different way of, of 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 doing something. We each contain something that the world needs in order for it to 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 survive. So, the deeper I can go into myself, the, the greater the chance of my of, of of locating that that contribution, and then and then I don't. I don't walk out of the workshop the next day um, working blissfully on purpose. and I develop my my career from there, and I the word I keep using is I declare my work purpose, um, and it's going to change. It's going to get defined, and it's going to shape a little different. But it, from the workshop and from the coaching, I've, I've developed that foundation to, to to build my work purpose upon.
1: Okay. Okay. Can you give me another example on this one? It's so uh, intriguing. It's hard I'll, to imagine I'll, I'll you, how this actually the, happens.
2: I'll give you the story that uh, helped me understand work purpose. I live in uh, I live in Little Italy in Vancouver, and I was going down for a, a coffee. I was actually taking my mom out for a, a coffee way back, and it was when the it was when the latte craze first came to 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 BC, British Columbia. So we went out for a fancy latte and a cappuccino, and the barista there at the at this coffee shop um, was singing opera and and um, laughing with all his clients, just entertaining everybody. He he was worth going there alone. So I went up to him and i I said, um, I said something lame like, "Oh, you seem to enjoy your work," and he, he laughed at me. And uh, so, but and then I asked him, I said, "What would you do if?" if this latte craze um, dies out, which clearly it didn't. But I thought, what would you do if, if, business, if business died down and your coffee shop had to shut down? And he just looked at me and he said, my, my work is to make and sell coffee. He said, if I couldn't do it from here, I would do it from a wagon on the street. He said, I make coffee and I sell it to my customers. Now, there was a man clear on his work purpose.
1: I thought you were going to tell me it was about entertaining people with the barista singing and the opera and so on. That, I know,
2: I know, no, that that just came from him naturally because he was he was absolutely in bliss with his work. Yeah, you you couldn't even think he's at he's at work. He was just he was just being himself in that place.
1: It does remind me of every millennial I have ever talked to that this is exactly what they're looking for. So this whole thing of um, discovering the getting clarity, stripping away, and coming to understand the essence of the mission and the work purpose. So who I want to be and the contribution I want to make. Can you do this on your own, or do you really need a coach or a guide? Well,
2: yeah, you can you can do it on your own. I just find that with the the coaches and the and the facilitators, they're trained to to help you dig a little deeper than you you probably would on your. Probably would on your own to challenge you a little bit more and probe a little bit. Um, I'm I'm working with a, a a young man right now who's he's determined to become a writer, and he's maybe he's overly determined if there can be such a thing. But if he was left to his own career plan, it would be to write and write and write some more until eventually a publisher or a magazine accepted his work. So, by putting him through the career plan that we use in, in, in the implicit career search, we were able to develop a plan that allowed him to work on his writing while becoming a school teacher. So, becoming a school teacher, and, and he's, he's settled on becoming a, a history teacher, that, that also helps him deliver his work purpose. And it also helps him provide, come up with the material needs that, that, that you want to, to survive in the world and to, to be in this world that we're in now as he develops his writing.
1: So, okay.
2: yeah, the process is an effective tool to, to help fill in the gaps between the current reality that I'm in and the, and the future dreams. And when okay. we do a career plan, we insist that the, the first step of that career plan be realistic and attainable.
1: Okay. So how did this young guy define his purpose? He started out believing that his purpose is about writing. Did he change his plan or did he just get an interim step along the way?
2: No, his his purpose is to is to inform people, uh-huh. um, and, and yeah, and it, it, there, there's more to it. I always have a hard time remembering the, the details, but it's, it, it, it's it's to pass on information to people. So writing was one vehicle. What happened with him is he came in and he said, "Well, ever since I was little, I wanted to be a writer, but that's not realistic." So mm-hmm. that sounded to me like something that he'd been told. Right. So. I, Tell me why it's not realistic. And he couldn't tell me. He couldn't tell me that. But but what's more important is for me to find out why do you want to be a writer? What is the contribution you're going to make through through the writing? And it was this business of um, he, he, he felt it was important um, that he, he it, this sounds so much like Joseph Campbell's tales, it was that, that he learned something and pass it on. So in his mind, right. he did that through writing. And that's why we were able to move on to, well, how else could we do that? Right. How else could we do that and still write? Yeah, he's right. a pretty he's a pretty happy character these days. He's just I'm just waiting to see his. Um, we finished the, the first five, um, stages, and I'm just waiting to read his career plan, uh, later today.
1: Okay, I love that. That is fabulous. Is it true when you work with people that they often find that they're unlocked, you know, as in having been trying to pursue a career like writing, and then suddenly when they get a better clarity of what they're trying to contribute, the writing just becomes freer, easier, better? Do you, do you often get that kind of unlocking?
2: Absolutely, yeah, and that's, that's what we talk about in something called the career development spectrum. That's when people move from, from being the, the craftsperson, from developing the skills, necessary to deliver the career all the way up to being creative. And it's very important to me that that we don't start thinking that we are experts and creators. We have to work towards that. And again, the success of the program with the millennials is it is it acknowledges that they have the ability to be experts and creators and then shows them the work that needs to be done to get to that point. Okay.
1: And then you see, you know, what to do, what work to do to get there. Okay, great. Sounds to me like that's the perfect place to take a break. So, Steve, let me see if I can sort of summarize this one again. We've been talking about those three things that you have to do in order to define a career that gives you a sense of mission and purpose. One of those is to get clear, clarity, what your own thoughts are, and to shed your rigidities, to remove the characteristics, even the qualities that you like about yourself and understand what the essence is underneath. And it's from that essence that you get a very clear sense of who you want to be in the world, meaning how you want to relate to family, work, life, money, all of it. Then out of that flows the sense of your contribution. What is it that you want to contribute back to society if I can use those words? Those two then give you this definition of what your clarity and purpose is like. And then from there, we move on to development. So beginning to have a realistic plan or what are the next steps. So with me today is Steve Miller, creator of the Implicit Career Search, two books that Steve has authored, one called "Profoundly Simple Career Planning, and We Work. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And when we come back, I want to talk about this whole notion of developing this into a career plan.
2: From the
3: boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
0: If you want more information on the articles, books, coaching, and seminars we offer, go to our website at www.leadershipforuminc.com. You're sure to find some helpful links, videos, and more to help you create a winning strategy for your organization. Leadership Forum, Inc., helping organizations get it and keep it.
1: Tune in to the soul of enterprise, business in the knowledge economy, with co-hosts Ron Baker and Ed Class. Ron and Ed will show you how to recognize that wealth is created by intellectual capital. It's all in the possibilities that we can create and that are created for us.
3: up-to-date business and financial news call now and get the financial information you need 866-472-5790 866-472-5790 the experts are here voice america business network
0: you are listening to out of the comfort zone
1: With me today is Steve Miller. Steve is the creator of the Implicit Career Search. So we've been talking about how do you create a career plan where you have a sense of purpose and mission, where mission is who you want to be in the world and purpose is the contribution that we make. Once you define, you got clear about who you are, then you can go on to define your sense of purpose and mission. Now, Steve, you say there's a crucial step in declaring a purpose. What is that?
2: Yeah, so... It's um, declaring a work purpose is not, it's not as difficult and it's not as mystical as, as we make it out to be. Um, it's, it's just simply a matter of putting some thought into this and then just, the trick is, is making the decision to base the career on the contribution rather than simply taking a job that pays well or has a good pension or provides you with ping-pong tables or, or whatever. And the great irony here is that this approach to career development Provides all of that and more. It's a much more secure approach than, than depending on an employer to keep you. You're looking okay. after yourself on, on, with this approach. So once a contribution is declared, once we go through the process and I say, okay, here's here's how I'm going to make the world a better place, um, you know, I'm thinking about the, the young guy that, that said, I want the world to be safer. Okay. Was, was that was the basis of his um, work purpose and from there that that got defined into i'm going to i'm going to build houses that are safe for people and he started his own fighting business
1: okay um, i love it
2: so so once once we get to that point we develop a strategic career plan with with vision stages that that, that can include schooling training retraining job searching how to write a good resume all of that area um and, and 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 we stretch those vision stages as far into the future as we can imagine, beginning with the very practical, and ending with, with being at complete bliss with your work. So we're we're not we're not um, finding our bliss as much as we're developing it. We're consciously moving towards being at bliss with with the work that we do. And then for each vision stage, this is this is your basic business plan. For each vision stage, we develop practical, detailed implementation steps. You know, where do I take my schooling? Where's the best place to, to, to learn this? How do I pay for it? What's an effective job search method, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then, just like any good business, we develop um, contingency plans for, for when the implementation steps don't turn out the way we, we hoped. I always find the end of the workshop, it's still you know 30 years later it's still an emotional experience for me when I I see eight or 12 or 15 or 20 people stand up to present their career plan and I realize that there's there's another group of people going out to make a difference in the world to make the world a, a better place and I think the impact they make by doing that can't be underestimated right.
1: Wow I can't imagine how gratifying that must be in some ways. So do you find that people who have this sense of purpose and mission and they understand the contribution they want to make and they've crafted a career that allows them, that is the vehicle for making that contribution, do they end up being happier, more engaged, all those kind of lovely qualities we're looking for?
2: Yeah, my experience has, has led me to, to believe that, that the number one motivation is to is to contribute. That's that's what motivates us the most. So by contributing, I mean we're participating positively in the evolution of, uh, of 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 the world. So once I once I've got that, everything else everything else falls into place. I don't need I don't need motivational speeches as much. I'm I'm I'm. It's no problem to do the detailed dirty work because I have. A reason for doing. It. I can see why I'm why I'm doing it.
1: Ah, so we're back right back to where we said at the very very beginning that working hard, working long hours, doing the detailed work, um, all are not now drudgery. They're just part of facilitating this contribution that I want to make. Okay. Yeah. So
2: there was another example came up the other day. We were just talking with somebody. The The young guy couldn't the employment contract that he was being asked to sign meant nothing to him. What what he wanted to do was be told, here's what you have to achieve and then he would do whatever it takes to achieve that. Whether he had to work ten hour days, twelve hour days, whatever it took to achieve the goals he was willing to do because he he was fully behind the purpose of the of the project. So to say to him you're gonna work nine to five Monday to Friday, and you get an hour's break for lunch and 20 minutes for coffee. (laughs) I was talking a foreign language to this guy.
1: I can see that. And I certainly hear that from so many managers of millennials who are saying they're unwilling to put the effort in. And what I think is missing is that they don't understand what the purpose is of the work that they're doing. In fact, that's what Lee Carraher says. If you will take the time to help them understand the purpose of the work, even better to understand their contribution in the world, I think you find that, you know, the engagement in everything is much higher.
2: Yes. If you take the time to explain the purpose of the work and if they agree with that purpose, then then they're, I'm finding they're, they're engaged at a higher level than we've seen of any other generations in the past. What they won't do is, is is show up to fill in time.
1: Okay. They won't come in on, on, if
2: there's nothing to do on Friday, they have a hard time coming in.
1: Yeah. You know, you got to give them some credit for that. I have to admit, we all would be better off doing there. Okay, so this young guy <laughs> who didn't want to sign the employment contract because the typical contract says, here are the goals and targets, you agree to those goals and targets and then you do absolutely everything in human power and beyond to achieve those and he said that doesn't make any sense to me so oh what no no happened no with him?
2: sorry no i might not have explained it right he he what didn't make sense to him was the structure of the contract he was going to do whatever it took to achieve the purpose of the uh, ah. of, uh, of the project yeah so he he didn't care about if he had to work 10 hours or 12 hours or get up early he didn't care about any of that he was willing to do that what he, what he didn't understand was the contract wasn't laid out that way. The contract was a typical employment.
1: Um, okay. You know. Yeah. Okay. Right. So if we lay it out in terms of what it is you're trying to contribute, then we you'll do whatever it is that you need to do to get there, assuming that that contribution aligns with what you want to contribute in the world. Okay.
2: Yeah. That, that was a crucial piece you yeah, added at the end there. Exactly.
1: Okay. Fabulous. Thank you for that clarification. I'm glad I asked this one. Yeah. Me too. All right. So um any more examples I'm just loving the examples because I think what those are doing is opening people's eyes about how do you think about this one so one last one
2: Um yeah I always like I always like the stories it's a personal preference of mine I like the stories from people that come from uh harder backgrounds and succeed and, and we also have we also have very successful people coming into the workshop that, that have used their their, their success is a way not to make a contribution mm-hmm. you know they're they're, they're they're seen as successful in our culture but they're still struggling um, to to develop their career based on a contribution but you've got me thinking about one of my favorite stories of all time was a older guy came into the workshop he was was in his mid 50s and uh, we were in a small town in in british columbia and uh, he had spent more of his life in jail than out of it at this point, he was 54 or 55. And as we were going through the, the, the first stage of, of clarification, he realized that what he wanted most in the world was to be included by, by other people. He felt, he felt lonely. And he also realized that he was doing everything he could to avoid inclusion because he was so embarrassed about his, his criminal, his a petty criminal background. But he would walk through his small town and pull his cap down over his eyes, and his, his face was full of hair. He had a big beard, so she couldn't see his face. He would hide himself from the community. So this became so clear to him that that he wanted this inclusion so badly that he he decided at this point to to go to to the people in the community that he had hurt in his past and apologize to them face to face. So he shaved his beard. He took off his cap and uh, we were running this workshop over two weeks, we were adding some other components to it. And he, um, he went, he met with people during lunch hours of the workshop and, and gave them a face-to-face apology. Once he'd done that with a number of people, he was then able to uh, see himself in the community and, and he, he set up a, a business. He got a small truck and some tools and he set up a handyman repair business And he focused on seniors and handicapped people, and he'd go around and uh, repair anything they needed to repair, landscape their lawns, do whatever work was needed at an incredibly low price, because he didn't need a lot of money to to live off of. And uh, and he's still still doing that. This was a few years ago, and he's still doing that today. And he he is somebody, when he walks down the, the, the streets of that town now, everybody says hello to him. Everybody waves to him. Everybody he's got time to sit down for, for, for a coffee.
1: It does that's make you wonder. In my book, that's, that's a hero. You're right. That's a hero. That takes an incredible amount of courage, without doubt. It makes you wonder how many people have not made a contribution in the world if they just had a little bit of more guidance about how to understand, then be clear about their contribution, so they couldn't do a better job.
2: Yeah, I wonder. I, I went into a, a prison one time with some. Uh, twelve twelve people in a group and they were they were all in prison and As soon as I started talking about um you know you have a contribution to make to the world um i'm not I'm not here to tell you you know um how you can benefit from the world I'm here to ask you to to help the world. It completely changes the the conversation and it completely changes the the tone and I'm still hearing from those I'm still hearing from those people and and how once they got out of jail, what they decided. To do with their careers. Wow, and it's not in, difficult. That's one, of my, um, that's one of my great frustrations. In that this isn't this this type of work isn't isn't more widespread, and it is becoming more. I'm seeing all sorts of other programs and hearing different stories from different countries. But it is not difficult work. It's not difficult to convince people that they have something of value to give, because we know that there's a part of inside of us that knows we've got something valuable to offer.
1: That's the most astounding statement of all to me because I see so many people who don't have any sense of what it is they want to contribute. They make money to keep the family going to to fund the lifestyle to do whatever. And you've said over and over and over again that it is not difficult to f- convince people they have something to contribute that it's there. It just has to yeah. surface.
2: Yeah, that's 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 been my it's been my experience.
1: Wow. That takes, is profound.
2: Takes, yeah, it takes conviction on the, the facilitator or the coach delivering that. And, the, the, and, and that conviction comes from experience.
1: Okay, I can see that. Wow. Um, it seems to me that we are to be running these in all sorts of training programs in business schools, in high schools, in vocational programs, um, in mid career workshops just to get people to understand a stronger sense of where their contribution is going to be. Maybe that actually might be more productive than all of our focus on engagement surveys. So I'm sure I will have a number of people complaining to me about that statement.
2: (laughs) But thank you for for saying it. I've not delivered, I don't think I've delivered one workshop where somebody in the group doesn't say, why didn't somebody just tell me this? Why didn't they (laughs) tell me this in school?
1: Because it's a discovery. You have to discover it for yourself. All right, Steve, fabulous show today. With me today is Steve Miller. He's the creator of the Implicit Career Search, the author of two books, Profoundly Simple Career Planning and We Work: The basic principle, in order to understand what it is you have to contribute to the world, first you need to get rid of all the images and expectations that you carry on your head in your head and get down to the essence of who you really are. That's called clarification. And from there emerges the sense of who you want to be in the world, which is mission, and the contribution you want to make, which is purchase, purpose. And then from there, we choose the career. We create the career, the planning, the timeline, the training, everything as the vehicle to allow you to deliver your purpose and mission. Steve, thanks for being a guest on the show.
2: Thank you very much, Wanda.
1: It's a pleasure. All right, and join us next week for another episode.
0: Thank you for joining us for Out of the Comfort Zone. Tune in again for another edition with Dr. Wanda Wallace next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Reach outside your comfort zone this week.